Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, today uh, we have got a guest for you that is just a real treat. I'm super excited to have Tiffany Henning with us. She is with an organization or runs an organization called HR Ministry Solutions. This Tiffany's an expert. I know I sometimes play one on the internet, but she actually is. Whenever I think of human resources issues in the church, at the top of the list is Tiffany. Uh, she's incredible. HR Ministry Solutions, they really do provide a lot of solutions for churches to ensure that their cultures are healthy and sustainable. They do consulting. She does all kinds of online resources, handbooks, you know, sexual harassment training, all kinds of good things. Uh, Tiffany, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's true. Don't like, get that enthusiastic outside of myself and my staff about HR. So thank you. No, no, it's good. I know. Well, I, well, for uh, as a leader, someone who's had teams for years, I know this is one of those areas. This is probably why I love you so much. Love what you do. This is one of those areas we can either be defensive, like we just wait for problems to come up, uh, or we can be, you know, rea- or we can be proactive and say like, hey, let's go and actually put in systems that'll help us build incredible cultures. And I know you are much more interested in the proactive, how do we get ahead of the game? So fill out the picture, kind of tell us a bit more about HR Ministry Solutions. What did I miss there? Yeah, absolutely. We are actually a faith-based organization ourselves. So we only work with churches, church ministries, mission organizations, and the like. Um, and we love it. We were really birthed out of our own experiences in the church, uh, working in the church world ministry and stuff, and really just have a passion for, um, you know, helping people in the ministry scale HR things. And uh, my staff have all either worked in the church HR, have done uh, have done ministry in churches or another ministry, um, and two of them are also married to uh, pastors as well. So. Nice. So yeah, real steeped in the church environment, which is so good. And this is why I reached out to Tiffany. I said, okay, here we are. We're coming, closing in on 600 and some odd episodes. And I really wanted to kind of tap your brain on kind of what you're seeing out there in the environment. You talk to a lot of different churches. You are constantly connected with them. What would you say are a few of those kind of HR related issues that you just see as common or or you keep running into, you know, with churches in this season? Uh, you know, that's great. There, there just always is that overarching, uh, thing, which is like staff handbooks. You know, I tell Mm -hmm. people outsource your staff handbook. I don't know if you, even if you have an HR group of like 10, just outsource it, you will stab your eye out. Otherwise, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you know, let us do it or someone else, you know, we do them specifically for churches and ministries. So we know those extra things that you can put in or remove as a faith-based organization. Um, you know, and aside from COVID, like the second most common phone calls we get are actually harassment issues. And oh, um, because I think, um, you know, previously people think harassment is like Harry Weinstein, you know, like, mm. like mm-hmm. very tied with the, the sexual piece, you know, do this for me and I'll do that for you. 
But really, it's it's more nuanced nowadays. It's more mm-hmm. um, unwelcome conduct, offensive. You know, it's all in mm-hmm. the in the uh, interpretation of the victim and things like that. And in churches where you are, hugs waiting to happen, and mm-hmm. you know, our relationships are a lot different and closer, more casual than they are in the corporate world. I think that's why it comes up a little bit more often. Um, or people just feel like your church, you everyone needs to be wonderful and they forget mm. we're all human and messy in mm. that. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's a ton. Um you know, on particularly on that, that would be good to unpack maybe at a, at a future date. I've been actually thinking about getting a bit of a panel together because that, that definitely seems like one of those issues that obviously is not going away because, as you say, people are people <laughs> or humans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot there for us to wrestle through. And I know one of the things that I have run into as I've talked with leaders, in fact, actually just yesterday was texting with a leader, um, you know, senior leader in a church, and they were, they were comparing notes. They're like, hey, what's happening on your compensation side? And they were were reflecting, hey, they've seen a 14% increase. This is one church that was seeing a 14% increase in their uh, compensation line this year because of just everything we're seeing on that front. What What's happening? What are you seeing on that with, you know, kind of out there in, in the church world th- these days? Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting because at the beginning of 2021, the big thing is everyone was restructuring their staff. They were realizing COVID was here to stay. Let's restructure our staff and we have to change mm-hmm. the way we do things, change the way we're doing ministry, um, you know, shift people around and, and all of those things. This year, the biggest thing has been compensation. Because as you mentioned, like um, inflation, I think it's like 6.8%, 7%, 7.9%. It keeps going up and gas prices. So those things added to the fact that this whole great resignation, which is people are just leaving ministry altogether, that finding quality ministry people, staff, hires is getting more difficult. And so churches are finding, hey, I need to retain the staff I have and help them through just this high financial with housing and gas and everything. You know, so they're asking more for, hey, we need to align our our pay rates with market value more so. Um, Traditionally, people were like, we're just going to, it's church. It's a ministry. You know, you're not going to get paid anything, but I've really seen Mm -hmm. the shift of, Hey, we need to pay our people what they're worth, um, to retain them because they also know, Hey, if we hire someone new, we're going to have to pay more than we're hiring than we're paying now in order to woo someone over to, you know, our organization. Yeah. Let's, can we dig in on that? Like what should we be thinking about as we think about kind of the compensation issue. I'll give you a story from my own past. We uh, there was a key ministry leader. I'm obviously not going to reveal any details here, uh, but you know, a key ministry leader who uh, came to us and they were considering a move and and literally kind of put us over a barrel. We're like, I this other organization wants to pay me X and. Um, that was considerable. It wasn't just like, oh, this is a little bit. This is a pretty big jump. Um, and, you know, what basically, what can you do about it? And um, so, you know, we kicked it around as a leadership team. I loved it. was one of these times. The moral of the story is I was wrong, just so you know. This is where this was heading. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, the I, we kicked it around as a leadership team. Our finance 
uh, director was like, we should not do this. Like if we do this, uh, you can't keep people just with money. Um, that, you know, will not work. And I was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. Like we're going to keep this person. It's going to work out. And yet that's not what happened. You know, we gave them the raise and within six months, they actually still ended up leaving uh, actually to a different, you know, different organization altogether. So I'm concerned when I, when, so when I hear this stuff, I'm like, Oh, it's anxious because of past pain. But how should we be thinking about our compensation in the season? What, what, if you were advising a church, you know, what would you be kind of wrestling through that? What were some of the steps we should take when we think about those things? Those are great questions. And actually, that's a really great example for you because everything I know and everything I read says, you know, if someone comes to you with a better offer and they bring it back for you to match, especially in the church world, you can match it all day long, but within six months, and that's what you said, within six months, they're probably going to be gone anyways, because it's not just a financial thing. There are other issues that are wooing them away and, you know, they think it'll be the money that makes them happy and it's not. So you've already kind of lost the person at that point. So really the first and foremost things is goes back to what you said just in the intro and when it comes to HR is you have to be proactive because by the time you already hear from an employee that they're not happy or looking at other places or whatever, you've already mm-hmm. lost them for the most part, you've already lost them. And so, or there may already be some bitterness or, or issues that they're dealing with that, you know, at that point, there's too much water under the bridge. So, you know, the first thing I say, and I'm going to give you some steps on the compensation side, but one of the first things I say is you have to be plugged into your staff. Like don't assume no news is good news. So, Mm. Well, we really recommend there is something called a stay interview. We love these. These are when you get with your staff and you ask them, hey, how do you feel about working for us? What motivates you? What What are you passionate mm. about? What motivates you to come to work? What would motivate you to leave our organization? You know, hmm. just really getting those, finding out what would cause them to leave, what would lure them to, to leave and what keeps them there. Because those are the conversations you have if they're like, well, you know, really, you know, what would, would lure me to leave is if I had a, a better role in leadership or something like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't even know this person, you know, this person is a custodian and I didn't even know they wanted to be a pastor. I had that situation before, just so you know, <laughs> I didn't know they were interested in the pastoral track. And so it really gives you an opportunity to pour into those people before it became a unrest in their heart and mind. Um, You know, when it comes to pay, when it comes to market ranges, we also understand and everyone understands in the church world, your budget is going to ultimately drive it. You can't pay market range if that takes out your Mm -hmm. whole budget. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. But there's a lot of other things that you could do. In fact, all the studies now show that pay is like number four or five on the list of what people are looking for. They're mm-hmm. looking for time off. They're looking for flexibility. They're they're looking for work-life balance. They're looking for good culture. Um, and mm-hmm. they're looking to be poured into. So those are the things. And most of those things don't cost you a penny. I mean, they cost you right. a little bit of time, you know, and yes, time is money. But think about how much time you're going to spend rehiring that position if they mm, leave so and any other relational capital that comes up, you know, with that person leaving, especially if it's not a good thing. So, you know, totally in that, um, really time off is a huge thing that you could do that at the end of the day, for the most part, is not going to cost you an extra penny. Now, if you, mm. you know, have a preschool and you got to hire a substitute, yeah, that costs you money. You know, if you have a worship leader, and you got to hire someone to replace it for Sunday. 
Yes, that costs you money, but for most of your staff, they cover for each other. And so Mm -hmm. making more time off is a way, number one, people are more rested. They, it prevents them from getting burned out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything like that. The flexibility is allowing them to work from home, giving them boundaries. Don't text them at three o'clock in the morning, you know, (laughs) realize the world will stop, won't stop spinning if they don't answer that email or text right away. I mean, really, we, we as the church world are so bad at that, but we need Mm -hmm. to understand that God calls us to a lot of things not to always be attached. He caused, like you look at Jesus and yes, he ministered to the 5,000, but even when they were still needs, he pulled away, he invested in his 12, he invested in his Mm -hmm. three and even pulled away for himself to go hang out and pray to God and just kind of give him some rest. So we really need to model that. Sorry, that was a a huge tangent there, but (laughs) no, 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 no. It's so good. Actually, I'd love to stick on this kind of flexibility thing. One of my hunches, again, this is where you're the expert. I'm just the person that talks to people. Uh, I hear more and more, you know, these kind of flexible work arrangements, whether it's like fractional roles, even at the senior level, like a fractional executive pastor or, um, you know, more remote stuff going on or more part-time roles or job sharing, those kind of things, which seemed like they were um, like churches did them, but were it was kind of like the total flexibility or the total sum of them was like, well, we have part-time staff and we have full-time staff. That was kind of it. Like we yeah. don't have all of this. Are, are we seeing more of that? Are you seeing more of kind of a bunch of different ways that churches are doing that? Is there anything we should be thinking about if we're going to take a step towards a more flexible staff arrangement? Um, Yeah, there's a lot of things that churches are doing. One of the things are is they're outsourcing things a little Mm. bit more than traditionally. Accounting Mm. is actually one of the big things we've seen a lot of outsourcing. And then, of course, a lot of the creative things, you know, huge, huge churches that maybe really want to have their hands on certain things, you know, we understand. But when you start to look at all the organizations and companies out there that can do your graphic design, can do certain video, can do things at a fraction of the cost as a staff person, like really figure out what your first things first are, figure out your compensation mm-hmm. strategy, where do we really want to put money into? And then that'll help you figure out, okay, what can we outsource without causing a major shift in our culture? Um, mm-hmm. You know, but when it comes to the whole flexibility, absolutely. A lot of churches have, you know, they used to be, everyone needs to be in here from this time to this time. Now they have like, one to two work days where everyone is, you know, or one day that everyone's expected to be in the office and then flexible arrangements for other people. Mm-hmm. Granted, some of your support staff may still need to be there. I mean, a, a facilities worker can't really work mm-hmm. remotely, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. <laughs> but maybe they can work at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know, but right. you know, really kind of figuring that out, um, how it works for them. I think definitely another piece is like stay-at-home parents, like parents who Mm -hmm. have kids to be able to work through that and work around that. Um, Mm -hmm. That is the huge value. And I have to say like our organization you know, as most, I love stay at home here. Like I love people who are coming back into the workforce. I mm-hmm. love that because they're some of the hardest workers and more pa- most passionate people uh, mm-hmm. that I've seen in the workforce. Yeah, I love it. And when you think about, you know, that whole, that kind of touches the staff structure issue, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but again, thinking that last year was, it was like the year of the video editor. Like if you were a video editor <laughs> and were like, you know, I'm sure there's, I would love to know the statistic of how many like 
21-year-old video editors in churches got hired in 2021? Because I think it would be tens of thousands of them. Like it was, it's like every church has found the guy in the youth group who can do video and now he's like embedded in the church staff. So there was, there were some of those kind of COVID reaction hires, but then as you said, there's, that's kind of shaking out. What are some of the trends you're seeing on that front as you think about kind of, you know, rethinking, realigning staff structure? You know, that's really good. There's a lot of um, online pastors that has become mm-hmm. a huge thing as well. Um, mm-hmm. But when they're looking at staff structure, we really see, uh, again, it goes back to 2021 and now people streamlining a little bit more. Like you used to have like an executive pastor that was over 17 people. You know? <laughs> sure. And, yes. uh, you know, there's no way to really pour into 17 people and really have the, your eye on the ball. So what we're seeing more is people really empowering people under them. Um, and being more involved in the day-to-day of your staff. Now, that doesn't mean micromanaging, but again, going back to that 21-year-old who is doing the video editing, they may have mad skills in video editing, but this may be their first job ever. They may not know, you know, they may not have leadership skills. They may not know how to interact with people, and honestly, they may not make the best uh, mature decisions. I'm not saying all 20 year old, 21 year olds are like that. <laughs> I am just saying we need to understand and not assume that, okay, they, they know this stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. we're seeing people uh, being a little bit more intentional and not leaving these people out in the Island by themselves. They're really kind of pouring into them more. Mm, love it. So good. Okay. So one of the things that I know is a passion for you is really this whole area of organizational health that really we're trying to focus on how do we make sure that our staff are healthy? And you kind of touched on this when we were thinking about the compensation part. I'd love to kind of dig in a little bit more. What are we seeing as kind of best practices around increasing, you know, the, making this a great place to work, not just a place that's a paycheck, making this the kind of place that people want to come to? What are some of those things that, you know, if a church calls you up and is like, ah, I think we need to you know, we need to fix. I'm not sure where to start. Where where would you, what kind of things would you have them thinking about? In their culture? You know what? Yeah. Honestly, the first thing and probably the biggest thing right now is, is really the shift from, oh, we're all on the front lines and we're ministering to God together. Not that that's not true, but um, seeing their staff as also people they need to disciple, that they need to pour mm. into, not wait for an, an annual review to have an issue, to have these discussions. So really weekly, bi-weekly check-ins are becoming more common. And honestly, they're more healthy because you can have honest conversations that are more low-key and don't feel as heavy. And these weekly or bi-weekly meetings start to build relational capital with your staff. You have more of a chance to see them starting to burn out before they even mm-hmm. get there. You have mm-hmm. a better idea of knowing what's going on in their personal life. So when they're late every day, you find out, you know, you know that their whole staff, their whole family has been struck with COVID and is having a really hard time. So again, having that relational capital really helps you understand and and minister, but also lead people in a much better way. Yeah, you know, I literally was just talking to Scott Longyear. He is a lead pastor of a church in Indiana called Maryland Community Church, which is ironic for the name. But, uh, and he was literally just, we were just talking about this. They, a part of their staff 
responsibilities, a part of their, what they do is their personal discipleship time, like their devotions. Like he's like, I, that is baked into, I pay my staff to do that. And he's like, you know, he's like, I know that sounds crazy. It's like, shouldn't they all just do it? And he's like, well, I want to make sure they do it because I know if, Hey, my team is growing spiritually. If they're developing as people, the trickle down impact on the church is going to be amazing. And I was like, wow, I, I don't know any church. I've never heard. I said this to him. I don't know any church. I've never heard a church articulate it like that. That say like, Hey, we're, we want this to be a part of it's obviously it's an, it's a, it's a given expectation, but the fact of saying, Hey, do we want this to be a part of your, you know, did you do that this week? Let's talk about it. Uh, is fantastic. I love that. When you think about this discipling staff, uh, what is that? What are some other, are they, have you heard of any other kind of innovative practices or things that have stuck out to you of, around kind of increasing the spiritual development of our team as they serve with us? Yeah. Um, and, and actually, let me take a little rabbit trail for a moment. And this yes, is, a, yes, this is a heavy comment, but this is what we see a lot. We will deal with HR people, ops people, even sometimes executive pastors, people who want to see the change but they're not always the top level leadership. And so sometimes they're trying to lead up, which is extremely mm. difficult. But when it comes to culture, it really, really has to be from the top down. Like I've mm. been in organizations and I've worked with people in organizations as the HR person, they're trying to lead laterally. But if the executive team, uh, you know, lead pastor, whatever, if they are not on board and modeling this and pushing it, making it a core value, it's going to fizzle. So I mm. really, really encourage um, people to, you know, in those levels to really kind of take a hard look at themselves and feel like, am mm. I part of the problem first? And mm. invite, you know, trusted advisors into their life to speak into them. Uh, I worked with a church once where uh, the person was telling me that that they wanted to start this thing with staff of prayer and worship and all this stuff. And, and and the lead team was basically like, that's fine as long as we don't have to be involved in it. And, you know, and it was like, and I understand from a mindset of their schedules are so busy already. But yes. at the same time, again, we need to realize we need to model what Jesus models and realize that really one staff person going south can really tank your entire staff and a big chunk that's of your so church. So pouring in your staff really is helping your numbers is helping the the building helping the box you know all those the mm -hmm, three b's mm -hmm. the bodies box buildings it really mm -hmm. uh, you know directly affects those things that maybe even the churches who want to grow um are not thinking about so love it A any other areas when you think about you know kind of reshifting to staff health thinking about staff health are there other other things we should be thinking about on that front these days um you know mental illness is kind of the catch-all mm -hmm. word, but mm -hmm. I the percentage of ministry people, pastors, people in ministry that take uh, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication is huge. I think it's mm -hmm. close to 40%. To be honest with mm -hmm. you, there's some loose surveys in that, and that should be extremely telling us. The number one most um, stressful job year after year in all these U.S. surveys are social workers. And so mm -hmm. if pastors are not social workers, I don't know what they are, you know? Sure. So yes, yes. really, it is the most stressful job, and you don't ever check out of it, you know? And right. when you're ministering when you have a relationship with God and you're ministering to people about God, it really becomes tied together a lot. 
So mm-hmm. when it when it comes to the health of your workers, again, pouring into them, getting getting a handle on where they're standing, making some of those additional benefits uh, flexible as well. I think a couple benefits that are also really good is paid professional counseling. I cannot mm-hmm. say that enough. And maybe require your people to do it. And here's the mm. thing too, for your married spouses, um, have them do it with their spouse as well. I, I read an article, it might've been by Carrie Newhoff a, a couple months ago, and it was about the uh, the most overlooked person in the church and it was mm. the pastor's spouse. So, mm. you know, that is, that is a huge so thing true. because again, what happens at home affects their work. So I think mm-hmm. offering professional counseling, that doesn't mean you're, your board members or elders are counseling them like a professional Christian counselor. That way they know it's confidential, but they have a place to process through everything that they're going through and feelings. And then one other weird, but one other really top <laughs> benefit um, that has come to the surface lately. I mean, it's not weird, but it's uh, dogs in the workplace or animals in the workplace. That has become really? huge. It's funny. I was, I was, um, Looking at a Christian organization, uh, you know, their business, but they're Christian that serve churches. And I was looking mm-hmm. at their staff handbook and they have an entire section, an entire section in their handbook on dogs in the workplace. And I was like, wow, that's interesting to me that they they really have that core value. But when you think about this whole thing over the last decade about, you know, dogs and cats and whatever being emotional support animals, there really is truth to that. You know, obviously you're going to have to set some ground were, you know, ground rules about barking and keeping them separated and the types of animals that come in the workplace as well as their, their bowel movements. Yes. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on podcast? Um, yeah, anyways, but you know what? I think there could be just super, super high value in that, especially if your people are feeling stressed and everything like that. There is this correlation between pets and people's well-being and mental well-being. So that also could be a very good uh, answer. Again, you have to make sure people aren't allergic and, and kind of scale certain work groups and departments. But there definitely is a way, I think, to integrate that. Yeah, I love that. I've I've definitely I've so I'm a dog person. Love I love my dog. She's fantastic. She's like a little bit, she's a rescue, which is fantastic, but a part of the outcome of her being a rescue is she's quite a nervous dog, not aggressive, yes. but just nervous. <laughs> like she like gets freaked out at the weirdest stuff. And so I've sometimes thought like, it'd be fun to take her to the office. I'm like, no, that's like way too nerve wracking for her. That would be like, you know, crazy, yeah. but yeah, that's cool though. I, I could totally see that. Well, I think particularly again, that's seems like a post COVID thing. Everybody got a dog over COVID. And then now yes. it's like, now what do we do with them? You I know, know, kind of thing, I know. which is, and they all uh, got yeah, rescues. Really like I have a German shepherd. That's like your little dog. And yes. me, when that dog gets scared over the Instapot and anything like that. And she tries to climb on you, not just sit on your lap, like climb <laughs> on top of your head. Like she's trying to get tall. So yeah, I definitely, she would not be a good go to work dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's so good. Um, so I love earlier you talked about the stay interview, I, which I'm like, I don't know why I've never heard of that before. I'm like, that's such a great idea. Um, are there when you think about um, kind of the mental health area, kind of getting back to that, are there other are there ways to bring up mental health? with our team in a way that respects them. That doesn't like, no one likes to be told they should go to a counselor. Uh, no one likes to be told like, Hey, you should do that. H- how can we do that? I, you know, 
we've tried to be the kind of environments that are, are definitely pro counseling and like we'll talk about it as leaders and talk about positive experiences as individuals or like I talk about it about me and my wife when we've been in counseling and just how positive that's been outside of kind of the general culture setting if if what kind of conversation could we be having or or how could we approach that conversation to say hey like you know there may be some issues here that you you should be wrestling through any advice for us on that front yeah, again, it goes back to having those weekly, biweekly check-ins. You build relational yep. capital. You can ask those questions. Hey, on a scale from one to five, how stressed are you? Um, heard mm. this great question. Uh, don't know where I saw it. <laughs> heard this great question <laughs> many years ago where leaders can ask the people under them, how will I know you're stressed out? What will I see? Mm, like, And I always jokingly good. say, you know, you will see a 64-ounce Dr. Pepper from 7-Eleven <laughs> right next to me as long as, as well as some Hostess product. That's how you will know I'm yes. stressed out um, or yes. I'll have angry eyes, you know? So yes, that's the, great. That's a good those question. Those are the things as well. I would recommend this. People may not agree with me, but I would recommend this. The last two years has been super hard and I would be mm. surprised if the majority of your staff wasn't burned out or headed that way. Mm. Um, the people who've been with you for two years, it's been a crazy mm. two years for all of it because not only mm. have we scaled it in the workplace, in the church, but we scaled it in our personal lives with kids at home, not at home. We scaled it working from home now and blurring the lines between work and, and home, those boundaries, you know, we have our, our phones set to ding every time we get an email. So those kind of things, um, you know, are, are difficult in light of that. I would almost say number one. Pay people their hourly wage to go do counseling. So have them do mm. it in the middle of the work day or whatever. So pay them because mm. then you can require them to do it. Um, mm. and, and again, let them know, hey, we won't, we don't know, even if we recommend that you go to this person, there's confidentiality. So whatever you yep. talk to them about, we're not going to know. So if you want to right. badmouth the pastor or whoever, you yes, know, yes. work through that on that. Because I guarantee if they have issues, they're talking to someone. So it's probably right. someone you don't want them to talk to. But yes. Back to the thing of everyone feeling to burnout. And if you don't want to specifically pick people, say, hey, we're going to roll out this new, you know, benefit and stuff. And we're going to start mm -hmm. requiring all our staff to go on a quarterly basis or every four months or twice a year or whatever. And we're going to pay you to do that. So do it as a blanket statement, because, again, the people that you know are stressed or burned out or headed down that road for everyone you see like that, there's probably 10 more who are right. well on that road. Um and so, in fact, we just recently did a burnout webinar and mm. had a lot of resources, including a checklist as well. I don't know if you're able to podcast to to have mm -hmm. resources for them, but we'll I'll, I'll give it. that Absolutely. to you so you can have it because I think this would be something good for their staff to do because we, we did a three-part email series and in the history of our organization, that is the one email that got the most responses ever. People <laughs> going, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was until I checked off, you know, 14 out of the 15 things. And so I think it's that way with burnout. People don't realize that they're that way until they kind of step back, look at a checklist and go, oh, wow. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> Maybe I am that. Yeah. Well, I'd love to get that. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll link to that in the show notes so people could pick up that resource, watch the webinar. That would be uh, fantastic. Absolutely. So, so helpful. Like friends, as you are seeing, Tiffany's just a wealth of knowledge, but then is so helpful. Like just, I just love how uh, open she is to helping. Um, I want to make sure that we point people to you, but before we get there, anything else you want to share? Any kind of last minute words just as we kind of shut down today's episode? 
Um, you know what, probably the, the wrap up thing I would say, especially because we've been talking a lot about staff, we've been talking a lot, a lot about pay that I really think of it as like, you know, getting a car and taking care of a car or paying for the oil changes, paying for the tune ups. Yeah, it costs you along the way, but you are not going to have at three years, the whole transition breakdown. So, and have to replace that. And that's what's happening. We haven't done oil changes with our staff. We haven't because we haven't had the time and we haven't had the money. And I totally understand that, but you have to step back and look at the full picture. The amount of time you're going to spend and the amount of money you're going to spend is going to be like five times than if you invested in that person to begin with. Yeah, I love it. So good. Love it, Tiffany. Listen, friends, I want you to drop by uh, hrministrysolutions.com. This is what I want you to do. Go scroll to the bottom, put in your, your name, email address. Tiffany's, I was saying this to her before, the, the emails that that, that they send are super helpful. I look at them all the time. It's one of those ones I open. I'm like, Hey, let's take a look. You're always on topic. I feel like you're reading my brain sometimes. Cause you're, you know, <laughs> Hey, what's this question? I'm like, I've been wondering that. And then their HR ministry solutions is, has got the answer for me. But, um, where, is there any other place we want to send them online? So hrministrysolutions.com. anywhere else we want to send them online to kind of track with you guys. No, I say, you know, just what you said, sign up for our newsletters. Uh, you know, we have free 15 minute calls, whether you want to talk about our services or just ask an HR question. I always say the first call's free. So, you know, take advantage of it. <laughs> free is a very good price. So <laughs> yes, I- I'm glad you mentioned that because now that you've said it, I want to point people to that. This is I think this is crazy. I'm like, I think it's amazing that you've opened yourself up, opened the organization up to say, Hey, like we'll, we'll get, we'll jump on any call, 15 minutes, answer a question, or just get to know you better. Again, you can just get that. You see that it's a link on the top right-hand corner. I know there's a lot of executive pastors that would say free is a good price point. So um, why don't you drop by there and, and book one of those calls. You'll get a chance to see the goodness that is HR ministry solutions. Appreciate you being here, Tiffany. Thanks for, for being here and hope to have you on a future episode again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.